and I just wanted to say hi to everybody. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here every single morning for here at the end of the year. And uh, picking up Nehemiah 5 today, huh? Let's do that. Nehemiah 5. We've been learning a lot. I've been learning a lot. I've been enjoying a lot about Nehemiah again. Did this over the years, and it's always nice to see this refreshing thoughts that Nehemiah brings forth just because, as I said, over and over and over again, we live in a day that has the exact same challenges that Nehemiah had in that day. And so it's a pleasure to dig into this and see what challenges he had and what responses he had. And I just give him a little little nugget along the way is every time that Nehemiah has a problem, he immediately cries out to the Lord. Now, we read in the first chapter, he had a long four or five-month fasting and prayer. But then in chapter two, we have a little quick, little bit of a quick prayer. And we find out there's prayers going along here that are just very, very quick along the way. So it's good to have quick prayers along the way. Hope you have your Bible in front of you. I've got the, 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 the iPad teed up with the scriptures here. So over here on Nehemiah chapter 5, let's go ahead and read. And just to make sure, last time we read about they were building the walls in chapter 4, right? Everybody's up on building the walls, and the people were just absolutely, it said all men were working. We had one man with his daughters. And we had some people that were working on two sides of the wall and such like that. We had some elders that chose not to work with the people. We saw that as well. And so it was just a beautiful thing to get the wall. Then we had the enemy stepping in and and opposing because they were saying, they were seeing this wall go up and up and up and up. And so now in chapter five, we're going to see the enemy stirring up from within. So let's get to it. Nehemiah 5, and there was a great outcry of the people and their wives against their Jewish brethren, for there were those who said, We, our sons and our daughters, are many. Therefore, let us get grain that we may eat and live. There were also some who said, We have mortgaged our lands and vineyards and houses that we might buy grain because of the famine. There were also those that said, We have borrowed money for the king's tax on our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children. Indeed, we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves. And some of our daughters have been brought into slavery. It is not in our power to redeem them, for other men have our lands and vineyards. And I became very angry when I heard their outcry within these words. After serious thought, I rebuked the nobles and rulers and said to them, Each of you is exacting usury from his brother. So I called a great assembly against them. And I said to them, According to our ability, we have redeemed our Jewish brethren who were sold to the nations. Now indeed, will you even sell your brethren? Or should they be sold to us? And they were silenced and found nothing to say. Then I said, what are you doing? What you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because the reproach of the nations are enemies? I also, with my brethren and servants, am lending them money and grain. Please let us stop this usury. 
Restore the, now to them, even this day, their lands, their vineyards, their olive groves, and their houses, also a hundredth of the money and the grain, the new wine and the oil that you have charged them. So they said, we will restore it and will require nothing from them. We will do as you say. Then I called the priests and, re- and required an oath from them that they should, would do according to this promise. Then I shook out the fold of my garment and said, So may God shake out each man from his house and from his property who does not perform this promise. Even thus may he be shaken out and emptied. And all the assembly said, Amen, and praise the Lord. And the people did according to this promise. Well, we're going to stop right there for right now. It's an interesting portion. Nehemiah, remember a couple chapters ago, comes to town and views all the walls broken down and everybody, he's encouraging everyone to raise up and build that wall. And now we see here a great cry goes up from the brethren inside. And it's a solemn thing because now he's not dealing with the enemy outside the walls. We read about those guys and they keep popping in. We're not talking about those guys. We're talking about now the governorship, the leadership, putting down a usury upon their brethren. And the sad thing is it's bondage. And by putting the bondage down, we, we read that the people said, our land is not even our own. We've mortgaged off. We've mortgaged off the land to pay for the tax. And not only that, we've put our kids in bondage. Our children are bondage. And it says, we read back there too, pop that back up here. We popped up that here where it says that, that even our daughters, our daughters are in bondage as well, right? Right here. And some of our daughters are put into slavery, right? That's a solemn thing to see now that children are in bondage. It is not in our power to redeem them for other men have our lands and vineyards. And all of a sudden they become powerless because the governors of Jerusalem, the leadership was exacting a usury upon them. Interesting thing, huh? It happens all the time. It happens on a civil situation where the governments do that, obviously. Uh, Obviously, we had the anniversary of the Boston Tea Party in the United States, which that was a big rallying cry at that time. But also in in God's sphere of things, too, we find that this is a very popular thing to, to put down a usury. You know, inside the house of God, inside the house of God, there are those that take up the name of the Lord Jesus and they stick it on their, on their panel, very large organizations, and there's a usury laid down. Well, we're going to read about Nehemiah here at the end of the chapter. We find out that he doesn't take of that. But one thing I was just thinking about, you know, remember Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul could say, you know what, I could ask a lot of you saints, right? But yet, look at Ephesians 20, I believe it is. Acts 20, he's talking to the Ephesian elders. And he cries with them, cries over them. And he makes mention of the fact in that chapter that he, of all people, I have worked my own, I've worked with my own hands. And that puts us in a path of faith. When we're doing God's work, 
and we're depending upon God to provide, he will provide. It's a beautiful thing. When you lay down a tax, when you lay down a tithe, and so this is this could equate to the term that we have today in Christendom called tithing, which is mean taxing. That's not a that is not a, a New Testament principle. As you can get Apostle Paul, is it I think it's in the last chapter of Romans, that which you've gathered up, that's what you've done out of your own good is your heart. You know, it kind of reminds me of the burnt offering in Leviticus 1 where things were just done voluntarily. If the people volunteered, if they volunteered the goods and services and work, then it's of a thankful heart in which they're doing that, right? Think back to the time when the children of Israel were just getting into the, into the wilderness there and and the, the tabernacle blueprint was laid out by God and you find that people just came and gave and gave and gave to the point where no Moses Aaron said, whoa, whoa, hold off, hold off. They've had a lot of giving, beautiful stuff that were being given, right? If there's a thankful heart amongst the people, they will give. But to lay down a usury and a tax, why this is what these governors in 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 Jerusalem are saying. So let's get back to this. It says, and he says, I became very angry when I heard their outcry and these words. Interesting. He gave Nehemiah just, just it. The people break his heart. We see that back in chapter one in the palace. He's serving back in the palace a thousand miles away. And in the people's way is breaking their heart. And now he sees what's going on internally here. And it says in verse seven, after serious thought, after serious thought, and I, and King James says, then I consulted with myself. You know, sometimes you have to take these things and it's the hardest thing to do because you're alone. And because he's, he's, he's having to go after, he's having to go after the elders there, right? He's having to go after the leadership, the noble. I rebuked the nobles and rulers, it says in verse seven, right? So he's having an issue with them. And so he can't consult them. So it's just between him and God. It just kind of reminds me, let me show you a a little slide here that I, I put together here. I thought this was interesting here. Remember last, yesterday we talked about this type of thing where the enemy attacks and and Nehemiah immediately goes to God, right? Immediately goes to God on the matter. But interesting enough, now <laughs> now there's 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 attacks within, right? And the people are attacking each other. The old the here it's the leadership attacking attacking the the common man and putting them under bondage. And I believe Nehemiah again just turns and turns to God. We're not we're not told here in this portion that he does that. But as we go through these chapters here in his account of Nehemiah, that was his protocol to do that. Isn't that beautiful? It just keeps taking it to the Lord over and over and over again. So let's move on here. I hope you're enjoying this. Throw some comments in the side if you enjoying something. I would certainly love to hear from you. But let's jump on down later down into... The, uh, the chapter here. And so the people are under bondage and they can't pay the, they can't pay the tax. And, and Nehemiah is saying, restore to them their land, take them out of bondage, 
take him out of bondage. He says, we just got purchased out of Babylon, out of the Persian Empire. We just got purchased out of that. Are you going to turn around and put these people under bondage? Is that how it's going to work? Know your position, and, and how does that apply today? Know your position in Christ today. Do you know how how much, <laughs> you know, the Lord says there's a 50 pence debtor and there's a 500 pence debtor. And this is what I really had to come to come to conclusion with here recently is, do you feel yourself as a 50 pence debtor or a 500 pence debtor? If you find yourself as a 500 pence debtor, you find yourself having a different perspective than a 50 pence debtor. Because a 500 pence debtor goes, man, I'm, the Lord did so much for me. And so I'm so thankful for where I am today, and I look at people differently. But if I'm a 50 pence debtor, I may not be, I may not have that same outlook. And so these people were put in bondage. They just came out of bondage, and now they're being put back into bondage. All right, so let's move on. I want to pick up the last part of the chapter here because this is Nehemiah. Now we're going to see, now we're going to see Nehemiah here jump all the way down to verse 14, Nehemiah 5:14. Moreover, from that time, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year until the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes, 12 years, listen to this, neither neither I nor my brothers ate the governor's provisions. Isn't that beautiful? That's so beautiful to see that Nehemiah is now putting his, his, his words into action He's not going to be dependent upon the governor, the, the, his position as governor, and taking the king, the tax, if you will, and the, which would which would be going to the king, the, the 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 provisions and such. He didn't take from that. But look at this. But the former governors who were before me, me laid burdens on the people and took from them bread and wine besides forty shekels of silver. So they were so those former governors were laying down the tax, and and that's where the problem came in. But that's not what Nehemiah is going to do. It says. Yes, even their servants bore rule over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. I just want to highlight that. That's an interesting statement there. He's doing what he's doing. He's doing what he's doing based upon the fear of God, right? And so I think that's so important to see is is to be able to go, okay, the fear of God is before me here, and I'm going to operate and inside the fear of God, right? So let's get back to our portion here. And we go here, and it says that uh, nor I, I nor my brother ate the governor's provisions. All right, but look at what they had at the table here. It's very interesting to see um, they continued the work, and we did not buy any land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. But here's at verse seventeen, verse seventeen. At my table were one hundred and fifty Jews and rulers. Wow about that. There's a lot of people. That's a lot of people coming to his table every day. Besides those who came to us from the nations roundabout, right? He was hospitable. So number one, he wasn't taking the governor's provisions here. He wasn't taking a tax from the people, but at the same time, he had people sitting down at his table every single day that were 150 in count, Plus, he invited hospital-wise, he had those that were from the nations roundabout. Isn't that beautiful? He's just given us an example of hospitality before God because what does it say back here in ver- into, into verse 15? Because of the fear of God. 
That's where it is because of the fear of God. So it's beautiful to be operating inside of the fear of God. So let's jump on down to how, what was being served at his table here. Verse 18, now that which was prepared daily was one ox and six choice sheep. Also fowl were prepared for me and once every 10 days an abundance of all kinds of wine. Yet in spite of this, I did not demand the governor's provisions because the bondage was heavy on this people. The people had come out of bondage and they were under bondage and they couldn't sustain it. So he didn't exact the, the tax, but he had a large table there that must be, be given out of his own provisions and that's a beautiful thing. Out of his own provisions, he was given this. But look at the last verse of the chapter. Again, I asked a question at the very beginning of the study. How many times does Nehemiah pray in the book of Nehemiah? I'm not going to give the answer. We're going to continue on, but here's another, here is another time, verse 19. Remember me, O oh my God, for good according to all that I have done for this people. You know, it's just a beautiful thing to turn to God and say, Lord, I've done it for your name. That's what I did it for. And so it's a beautiful thing to see that he is, he, he, this is what we would say is he walks the talk, right? Isn't that beautiful? He just walks the talk. He, he talks in one manner and he says, here's what he did. And again, I go back to Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul did the exact same thing is he was walking the walk, visiting the saints, preaching the gospel, at the same time being a tent maker. And therefore, he could be held accountable to no one. He says, no one's going to hold any, any, any bondage over me because I put together, I, the Lord pro- provides on the material level, and I just have enough to live on the material side of things and still be ministering to the saints. Well, that's quite a bit different than we see today, isn't it? It's all about the money. It's all about how much salary I'm going to make. Yeah, it's a different way of doing it. Nehemiah is showing it, though, that God is providing enough money, enough resources that 150 people a day sit down at his table. I think that's such a beautiful thing. So, yeah, there's a lot of good takeouts here from Nehemiah here, chapter 5, and I just so... Thank the Lord for bringing these things again refresh to me, and I hope they are fresh to you as well because they're very, very applicable for today. And so with that, I think we're about that time. Next time we'll take up chapter 6, if the Lord will. And so with that, I hope you have a blessed day. And ping me in the comments if you have any comments or thoughts or questions. Love to pick those up. And so with that, let's go ahead and roll out, and we'll see you on the morrow, if the Lord will.